25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Monday, baby. Welcome into the studio. Welcome into the show. Middle of the day. Y'all happy it's Monday? Don't answer that. Do not answer that. What's up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. It's the way it ought to be everywhere, but it's not the way it is everywhere. But it is the way it is at Farm Bureau. You get to deal with that hometown hero, somebody from your hometown that's or, or been living there forever, and you've known them forever, and you go to church with them, and your kids go to school together, and they're just volunteering there in the community the same way you are. That's your local Farm Bureau agent. Check them out and find one locally, if you haven't already, at favrates.com. Welcome in on a Reaction Monday. What's your reaction? What are we reacting to? Anything happening? Saints fans aren't happy, are they? (laughs) Roger, the dadgum Saints fans, bless their hearts. Can't catch a break. I mean... that's an unfortunate choice of words, but... (laughs) Yeah. Was it a ligament issue in Drew Brees' hand? Man, what in the world could else could possibly happen to the Saints? And I, I hate to even, like, sort of bring it up, knocking on wood for you. But seriously, what else could possibly happen? We don't even want to think about it. Saints fans, what did you do? Well, I mean, where's the doll? You know what I'm talking about? Hey, Roger, on that note, there was this <laughs> – look. And there was this really funny thing on uh, the Fox pregame show, you know, the one that has Terry Bradshaw and uh, those guys before yeah. the NFL games on Sunday. Terry's a trip. He's a trip. All right. And Kurt Menefee hosts it and everything. Howie's on there. Jimmy Johnson. Well, they have the the famous comedian Rob Riggle who does these little vignettes that they insert in the broadcast as entertainment, just little spoofs, you know. A uh, little dramatizations to make people laugh. And and Rob Riggle, they go to him and he's acting like he's a sixty minutes reporter. You know, he's sitting there in front of the in the dark room with the you know, the little CG over his shoulder. And he says he's going on location somewhere in Alaska to find this referee, this former NFL referee who's hiding out <laughs> in an undisclosed lo- location because he's the one who made the call against the Saints in the playoff game, right? And it's and I can't remember the actor's name. It's a guy from Saturday Night Live. Tim Tim Meadows. That's who it is. Oh. So Tim Meadows is the other guy in this spoof. This is yesterday on Fox pregame. He's playing the part of the ostracized former NFL referee who made the call against the Saints. He's in Alaska. He's living in a little hut 
He's still got his you know his referee uniform on, but he's like growing his beard out, not shaving, and he's gone crazy and all this. And they sit down for the interview. And the first thing, the first question was, what's what would you say is the worst part about being the official who made that call? And about that time, Tim Meadows just goes, oh, and grabs his arm and he goes, I'd say probably the voodoo. <laughs> the voodoo. <laughs> the voodoo is the worst part. So, so, so what is it? Saints, the first the playoff game, and the no-call on what was the most egregious, most awful, most ridiculous no-call you've ever seen. Then it was what? Last week, in your first game, they just jerked the rug right out from under your feet. And then the other day, in a one-score ball game, early in the game, you're going to get all the momentum on a sack fumble return for a touchdown, 91 yards. And the the stupid, stupid official blows the whistle and blows the play dead. When everybody, everybody on God's green earth, your first reaction is, you, you, we all said, just let the play go. Just let it go. You can always come back and review it later. Let it go. And they blew the whistle to blow it dead. And said it was incomplete. You could see when the play happened, it wasn't an incomplete. His arm wasn't going forward. The ball was knocked out. They blow the play dead. Just, it's egregious. Every referee analyst that they could possibly get, the the main one on the Fox broadcast, um, other people on all these other networks, interviews. I've seen interviews like just quoting uh, referees and saying, yeah, we're all told. Definitively. If there's any question, let it go. We can always review it later. They blew it dead and took the points off the board. And I'm sorry, I said it on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again to start the show here on a Monday. And we're going to get into Mississippi State's loss to Kansas State. Any of that stuff is fine with me. But just for the record, somebody check on Louvier. Y'all check on him. You hear me? I'm serious. Y'all check on Louvier. I want to hear from you, Louvier. We just want to know you're okay. That's all we want to know. Come back in off the ledge. But if, if an official does that, a paid official, I'm part-time, I don't care. Who cares if they're full-time or part-time? That is absolutely 100% inconsequential. If you are in that role at that level with literally thousands of up-and-coming qualified officials working their butts off to get to where you are, if you pull that kind of stunt at that level, you're done. I'm sorry, you're done. It's one thing to miss pass interference. You called it, you thought you saw it, it's close. It's close. It's one thing to miss a holding. He held the stew out of him. Yeah, I didn't see it. Okay, you don't call things you don't see. Okay. It's another thing to just blatantly blow a play dead which is absolutely 100% coached against in everything you have done to prepare for your job, you let the play go. You let it go. And you blow the play dead. You do it once, you don't get a chance to go do it again. Sorry, you've lost your part-time job. Go find another one. You can rake leaves, bag them up for people. You sweep streets. You can go. Go back to 
go back to referee in Mid-South Wrestling? Bingo. Well, they never, well, they never see anything either. <laughs> you can host a sports radio show on the side. Right, Chris? Right, Chris? <laughs> what were you going to say, Roger? No, that was you got it. That's okay. I mean, come on. You lose the job. You lose it. It's just the way it is. We're not kicking you out on the street. It's your part-time job anyway. That's one reason I say keep the part-time officials. It's easier to fire them when they foul it up. All right, here we go. <laughs> if you're watching on the stream on Facebook or on Twitter, here are the numbers. To call, to text, and to be a part of the show. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. 995-1059. Text the show, 885-ESPN. Jay Clay on the phone. What's up, Jay Clay? It's Monday, and it's not a good one, Matt. How about Mm -mm. you? Buddy, I'm drinking some coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, and it really is the best part uh, of the last three or four days. Because I tell you what, it's not only bad on the field, but our our favorite little dog, Champ, the miniature schnauzer, is going through some stuff, and it's been rough on our family. So it's just been a rough couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, sure would definitely like to be drinking something besides coffee right now. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, as a Saints fan and a lifelong Saints fan, and, and, and plenty of buddies of mine are just massive Saints fans, you, you completely started at the wrong point earlier. Okay. You got to go back two years ago to the NFC Championship against Minnesota to really figure out where the gash that's still in our heart opened. Yeah. When you go from two NFC championships that oh, would have yeah. put us into two Super Bowls in a row, you, you really got to go back to that to figure out where the bitterness starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd forgotten about Drew that. Took us down, put us ahead. Then you get the fluke pass and the bad, you know, just weird defensive play by the backfield. That really threw us off there with like a second to go. Then you go to not last year. Then you go to the bad call with the pass interference. It it's not just the voodoo doll right now, man. It's just like the good Lord above is like, eh, I'm just not going to let y'all do too much right now. Well, and I think when I started getting ranting about it a minute ago, I think I even failed to just outright say Drew Brees out for six weeks with that thumb injury. Um, but we all just kind of assume we know that's part of it now. And so you're going ahead with Bridgewater. I'd forgotten going all the way back to the, the playoff game against the Vikings a couple of years ago. I, I, for whatever reason, that, you know, it kind of left my mind, but you're yeah, I mean, right. You had, yeah, I mean, you had two, two, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong with this. I haven't looked at it lately, but I think it was two 12 and 13 win seasons in a row. I mean, great years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the rug got pulled out from under us both years. Then you go into this thinking, hey, we got a shot again. Uh-oh. Right. Well, and look, uh, because of that, okay, and, and that the way that game unfolded um, against the Rams and then Drew Brees out, and then I'm watching last night, watching the Falcons and the Eagles, uh, Jay Clay, and I think, am I sitting here watching the best team in the NFC South? Because it's not Tampa, for sure. You know, and I'm looking over there at Carolina and – you know, I mean, week to week, I don't know if we're, you know, with Cam Newton, I don't get, know if we're getting Superman or, or you know, every man with him. You just don't know. And you know, the Saints, I just don't have any confidence in Bridgewater to lead you to some wins. I just don't. It doesn't. It didn't look like it yesterday. You know, he's not the same. Yeah, Chris, 
Chris and Beaver broke it down pretty good last episode or last show where a possibility of three and three through six weeks plus you get a bye week after that. Yeah, if you do maybe that. Maybe gives you six, he gives you seven weeks for Drew to possibly come back depending on if. But I mean, you got at Seattle and then Dallas at home and, and I hate to say it without Drew, I don't, I don't think we have a prayer in those two games unless something remarkable happens with Teddy. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great point. Well, I was just got Tampa the next week, and then you've got uh, Arizona thrown in there. But it's a tough road to hoe for the next two or three weeks for sure. Yeah, it is. You know, Uh, you can beat Tampa and Arizona. I mean, you can beat Tampa and Arizona with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, but you're right. Some of those others. And look, if you you get into that open date and you've gone three and three of the next, then, then, I mean, you're right back on track. No question about it. So I'm not, I don't know that we're on track. I think it's really just going to depend on how his surgery goes and how he ends up being able to grip the football because you got six weeks before he really probably grips the football. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Man, so, it was, I, mean, I mean, you know as well as I do being a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback. Don't take it that way. But you know as well as they're talking about, if you can't grip that football, you're not throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's right. Or when at least I, not effectively. When I saw him uh, try to pick that ball up yesterday and he couldn't do it, you know, your heart just sinks for him because you know it's serious then. You know, I mean, you know oh, it's yeah. big time serious. And and that's the thing, too, is even after – okay, you have the surgery, you heal up, you come back. You know, he's almost 40. It's not like he's almost 30. No, no, he's almost 40. And your body and your muscles and everything are a little bit different. Uh, he's going to have to work really hard to make sure that you don't have any atrophy, uh, you know, in the muscles you're not using in that amount of time at his age. And and then and then the question would be, okay, if everything looks good in drills and practice and all that kind of stuff, what if he gets hit one time? You know, is the grip strong enough to hang on to the football? Do you fumble? So there'll be all these one. But hey, well, you, if you get him back where he can you, play, that's just we'll count our blessings. Well, you know as well as I do with Drew being forty. He's not coming back to just play football. No, that's right. He's he's back because he's on a good enough team to win a championship. If, if we were a four and twelve team last year, he mm-hmm. wouldn't have come back. No, I, think I don't you're right. Yeah, he came back because he thinks he's got a chance to get another ring. Mm-hmm. You know, and I if we weren't if we if we weren't a, a serviceable team this year, he wouldn't have come back. Do you think uh, the receiver would have gotten the money he got had Drew Brees not been coming back on a good team? Um, I think Michael's a great talent. Yes, he's probably a top ten or twelve receiver without Drew. Mm. But I mean, you got to look at how many. It's kind of like Jimmy Graham when he left a couple of years ago. Look at how bad his statistics fell off after he left. It's not that he's not a good receiver, which that's actually questionable now. But Drew throws the ball so much through the year, and the way our offense is set up under Sean Payton, he creates talent, yep. if you will. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Thomas is probably not going to get. 80 throws or, or at least 80 catches this year without Drew. That's right. You're uh, going to have to run the ball more with that. Mm-hmm. You sure are. Well, Jake, so, yeah, I mean, Drew, Drew creates that offensive talent. So don't don't put it past another quarterback to not be able to do it because with the way our offense is set up under Drew, he, he throws the ball so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are going to have 80 and 90 and 100 catches a year because of that. I agree. I agree. Jay Clay, thanks for the call, man. Hang in there. See ya. All right. See ya. Jay Clay on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison 
and in Jackson. Here's Bridgewater after the game. Drew always tells me, you know, just take completions. You know, completions are good. When you're going into a game in a situation like that, you're just trying to get in rhythm and just play fast and not think too much. Says take completions, you know, and he looked a little rusty. Maybe he picks it up. He used to be on track to be really good until that catastrophic knee injury uh, sidetracked his career. That's Teddy Bridgewater, who's now the starter for the Saints. Here is uh, Drew Brees. Are you concerned about it, Drew? Yeah, yeah, I am concerned. I'm hoping hoping it's not too significant. Yeah, so we kind of jumped in. I, you know, you never know. I, it just hit me to start with the Saints uh, today. I didn't necessarily, you know, plan that. Um, plenty to talk about on the college front, which we will. Mississippi State losing to Kansas State. People good and mad and frustrated about that and Lots of folks saying fire the coach and all that, which is natural, right? You lose lose your first game of the year. Fire him! Whatever. A win for Ole Miss over southeastern Louisiana, but gave up a lot more points on defense than they wanted to. You know, really poor crowd at the Ole Miss game. Of course, it was, you know, not a big-time opponent. Um, and a poor crowd, you know, by some measures at Mississippi State. I don't think it's as bad as some people are making it out to be, but still it wasn't a full deal and maybe an atmosphere there would have helped you but the 11 a.m game and the heat and all that kind of stuff so we'll plenty of time to get into all that and i'll just we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about since we got on the nfl subject though somebody that's watching on facebook facebook.com slash radio wyatt bob said on the other hand dak is lighting it up and he is three more touchdowns yesterday with a play fake to Elliott. He's got a lot of time deep to the middle. He's got a man to the middle of the field. It's caught, and it's in for the touchdown to Devin Smith. Back to throw. Fade right side, Witten. He crossed the plane. The goat again. Touchdown, Witten. And that one was right on the money. Going to throw. Time over the middle. Down to the five, walking into the end zone. Touchdown to Amari Cooper. And so three more touchdown passes yesterday and a win for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. That was on the road at Washington. He's got seven TDs now in the first two games. That's the most ever by a Dallas Cowboys quarterback in the first two games of the year. Is that right? Or going back? No, I don't think ever. I think it goes back to the 60s. Somebody's uh, done that in the 60s. After the game, asked about a couple of the Raiders. I'm sorry. Redskins players, including... uh, Josh, what's his name out there? The corner that always runs his mouth, saying some things about Dak and and all that. They asked Dak about that after yesterday's game. You feel there's Landon Collins before and others. There's kind of been a sense of, well, stop Elliott, put the ball in Dak's hands, and let's see how this plays out. I mean, is it just them two? Uh, I mean, let's be honest. So uh, I can't say I can't say on my credit anybody for that. I mean, that's a chip on my shoulder, and that's been there since I've been playing this game. Um, for a long time, uh, always been doubted, uh, always accepted, and uh, that's who I am. So, I mean, yeah, of course that's there, but I'm not going to give credit to one individual. That's Dak after the game. All right, Divinity Equipment phone line, Bill hanging on. What's up, Bill? All right, I got a question for you, Matt. In the Kentucky-Florida game Saturday night, Yusef Corker, number 29, and T.J. Carter, I believe that's number 90, were ejected from that game for targeting. My question is, do they miss the first half of the state game or do they miss the entire game? And what is the 2019 rule now for targeting? Okay, I, I believe on the ejection thing, Bill, 
if they are ejected in the second half of their ball game, they have to miss the first half of the following game. Okay, so whatever half you're ejected in, you miss the next half of a ball game. Wasn't one of the guys ejected in the first half for Kentucky? Yeah, uh, there was one guy. Uh, uh, Youssef was ejected in the first quarter, and TJ Grant, uh, TJ Carter was erected, uh, ejected in the fourth quarter. Okay, so the kid who was ejected in the fourth quarter will have to sit out the first half of the Mississippi State game. That's the way that works. You understand? Yeah. Okay. And the kid that was ejected in the first quarter, he sets out the first half too. Or no, no, he was ejected in the first quarter. Therefore, his of you know, effective suspension would have been the second half of that game. So he'll be able to play against Mississippi State all four quarters. Time served. Okay. Okay, right, I got right. you. They're going to consider him missing the second half of the Florida game as his time served, as Roger just said. Yeah, that's how that'll work. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it, man. Call me anytime. Divinity Equipment phone. I'm going to fill the coffee cup. I'm going to re-familiarize myself with the stats from the Mississippi State-Kansas State game, and we'll jump into that next. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. The Matt Wyatt Show. New stuff. <clears throat> New stuff, boom, Roger. Boom, boom, boom pow. <laughs> A tribute to the Black Eyed Peas. Boom, boom, pow. By the Black Eyed Peas. It's very similar, isn't it? That's one of those where they have the big speakers and they pull up next to you at the red light. You know, Roger, when we were young is when the big speakers in cars really became popular. Oh, yeah, the yeah. big subwoofers. And the big subwoofers, yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. I remember a comedian back then talking about that being the fad at the time. And he said, you know, I'm at a red light the other day and I stop. This car pulls up to me and I think, you know, something tickles. <laughs> yeah you can feel it you not only hear it but you could also feel it the boom boom here we go make your subwoofers yeah turn that up to 11 <laughs> so the best boom is the sonic boom yeah it is and on that note on the uh text line right now at 885 espn 885 espn 100 grand says man i'm a big time saints fan, MSU fan, and JSU fan. Sad about the Saints and State. So give me some boom from JSU. What a great game it was. No doubt. But I'm by, yeah. That's 
A shout-out not only to the JSU Sonic Boom and their drum majors who had to stay focused in spite of some knucklehead from Tennessee State trying to get in front of them and interrupt their march, which did happen. But the team won the game. An upset. <laughs> I'd be scared to get in front of these guys. Beating you with one of those big drums. Yeah, uh, Rob J tweeted about it. And I said, hey, just point to the scoreboard. It was a football player from uh, Tennessee State during warm-ups, and here comes the Jackson State band, and he purposefully got out in front of the drum majors and f- where there was a camera and said something and kind of interrupt them a little bit. But they just kept right on going like they were supposed to because they're pros, obviously. Was this before the game? Yes, before the game. I see that. And then Jackson they State. They suffered the curse of the boom. <laughs> the curse of the boom, Roger. Because Jackson State proceeded to win the game. Hey, hats off to you, Coach John Hendrick. Your first win as a head coach, and it was a doozy. You deserve it, and I'm proud for you. Excellent finish. All right. You want to be a part of the show? You can be several different ways to do that. I told you before. Call 995-1059. That is the Divinity Equipment phone. Text 885-ESPN or 885-3776. We'll get you up here on the uh, text line. So Nick texted the show, and he said, Saints made a deal with the devil for that lone Super Bowl win, no doubt about it. They, I mean, the luck. See, it's like this. I don't believe in luck. What do you believe in supernatural power? I believe in God. 100% believe in God, the God of the Bible. And providence. Right. But someone who doesn't believe in God may, but may believe in other powers and stuff, and if you believe in all that, I mean, there's, all, there's a whole bunch of evidence right there the last three years of the saints. Bless her heart. <clears throat> Somebody said pig suey. They win a game? Does Arkansas beat somebody? <laughs> um, question, did the NFL... I got to play that in a long time. That was that that woman who did that song, isn't it? Well, you can look her up on YouTube. But yeah, look up you know Arkansas fans sings. It's like she somebody's comment summed it up really well. This is why you don't drink wine and take Xanax at the same time. Because she's got a piece of tape on her nose. Her nose tape. holding her nose up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's really she's really a sweetheart though. I'm sure she is. Yeah. Bless her heart. Stay out of the medicine cabinet <laughs> and away from your Get a smaller box of wine. Webcam. At the same time. Smaller box of wine? Smaller box. Okay. <laughs> For the three liter. <laughs> Somebody wants to know if the NFL had anything to say about yesterday. As far as I know, nothing yet. It's just really I, I say <clears throat> former officials, even current officials that they interviewed said, Yeah, we're supposed to let the play go. I mean, so it's really elementary. They blew it. True Maroon says, doctors in the NFL must be amazing. No matter the injury, it's always six weeks until they return. That reminds me of that line from, oh, brother, where art thou? Remember that? Need a car part. Two weeks. Be here in two weeks. And and then Everett goes in there. He wants some uh, Dapper Dan for his hair. I don't have Dapper Dan. I got FOP. I need Dapper Dan. I can order it for you. Be here in two weeks. He goes, this, this right here. 
is just a regular geographical oddity. It's two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> Every injury, six weeks. <clears throat> Looks like you, you call and order Chinese. You can order the whole menu. About 10 minutes. Yeah. Give me, give me 10 minutes. <laughs> I think that's the first thing they teach you. English over there. <laughs> About 10 minutes. Yep. Hardy says, can you tell us the difference in being in shape and football shape? MSU doesn't look like they are in football shape. Practice inside because it's too hot. It's coming back to bite MSU. That's from Hardy. Well, you know, the thing about that is Hardy is if it were a, an every down, every quarter thing, it would lead you to believe that maybe that's what it is. It's a, a conditioning or something like that. But on top of having thin depth on a defensive side for State because of, re, you know, Cam Dantzler didn't play a single down, your best corner, because of an injury. Um, other guys are not playing in your front seven because of, I'm doing air quotes here, violation of team rules. And so you're on top of being thin on depth, you know, you got banged up in a couple of spots. But like in this game Saturday, it's blooming hot. And State out-hustled and played harder than Kansas State in parts of the second quarter and all of the third quarter. They did. I'm not making it up. Look at the results. Look at the plays. Watch the game. State played harder and more physical than Kansas State in the third quarter. So explain that to me. So if you can do it in the third quarter, can't you do it in the first? Yeah. Well, they got tired. Well, State was tired too. So to me, it's not so much about something in your training or there's an inability to do it. You're out of shape. You're not strong. No, it's about a consistency of doing it on the first play of the game, right on up to the last play of the game. So that's more of a mental thing, driving your physical ability, than it is either having or not having the physical ability. Does that make sense? Uh, Let's see. CLY Enterprises says, anyway, State can win more than three more games. Well, sure. There definitely is. Score more points than other teams. I'm sorry. I realize it's not that simple. Bulldog Blitz, were you watching when the announcer said Sweat, the rookie out of Michigan State, got flagged for a late hit on Prescott? Yeah, I was watching the game, but they they corrected it pretty quick. That was some Charles Davis, good guy, played at Tennessee. They came back, corrected it, gave him some love later on, if you saw that. So, um, you know, they kind of made do. Yeah, um, We've got the Joe Moorhead press conference going on right now. Um, when we come back, if it's still going on, we'll plug into it a little bit and see what's being said over there. They're having a Q&A right now with Joe Moorhead, head coach of Mississippi State. We'll get to some of that. whole bunch of more text to get to. Phone line is open to you here on a Reaction Monday. Purposefully on a Monday during football season, I'm not coming in here and lining up a bunch of guests. Really uh, kind of want to know what you think and answer your questions as best I can. So text them, call them, tweet them, and... We'll see what's happening in the press conference if it goes on for a few more minutes, okay? Cool. All right, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, connected via C Spire. Stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Well, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? We were back already and I didn't even know it. Just barely. Then I fumbled on one of the buttons and, and you Fumble! weren't. Yeah. Get on the ball, Roger. Get on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hurt my cartilage, though. Yeah, that's what they say, you know, when you fumble. Get on it, get on it, get on it. Ball, 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 ball. <laughs> <laughs> they start yelling and screaming. You're supposed to just calm down and make the play, then everybody starts yelling and screaming at you. I'm like, Put shut up. I'll be- down and calm get it. That's stupid. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. These pregame speeches, these coaches go fire and brimstone before a game. Complete waste of air is what it is. As soon as they go out there, line up, it's 100 degrees, and the first play they go, hut, hut, and, th- and you go like this. Boom. And my head hits your head, and I get up after the first play, and I'm like, I see stars, man. Man, I see stars. (laughs) You think I care or remember what the dadgum coach said on top of a table before the game? All that yelling and screaming is for you, coach, and the cameras. There was no Vince Lombardi speech. No, ain't no Vince Lombardi speech. It's a waste of air. If you want to tell me it's for recruits and get them fired up, want to come play for you, I get it. But it's a waste of air in terms of your own football team. All right, as promised, just a quick look into right now live going on at this very moment. Uh, Joe Moorhead's press conference with the media coming out of the Kansas State loss. We're waiting to get a mic for questions here. And Two then questions. We'll... The first, Joe, just to, at this point in game four, obviously with injury suspensions, has there been any talks of – Redshirting guys at this point in the season, obviously a lot of young guys have got. Some yeah, we, we review actually we review that on every every Monday. So guys who are either true freshmen or have a, a redshirt year available, we kind of put them into into three categories: green, yellow, or red. Guys we know we're certainly going to utilize the uh, the year of eligibility and play them. Guys who are not quite sure and uh, you know possibly could go with four, but based on as you mentioned injuries and, and other circumstances, you may ha- have to activate them. And guys that are for sure red shirts. Uh, so. It, it, it does change, you know, on a weekly basis, kind of based on what the need is per position. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's something we got to address, you know, every week. And just going off of that, any true freshmen at this point that have been decided that they will be redshirted? Will be redshirted? Yeah, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but there are, there are more than a handful that, uh, you know, are gonna are gonna be redshirt guys this year. This as is of now, and like I said, it could, it could change, but as of now, they are. Listening in on the press conference with Joe Moorhead, just for another minute or two here. After uh, reviewing the film, it, it appeared there'd be some some special teams pressure on the punt coverage there, yeah. uh, punt protections there. Was there any consistency with any of that, and, and is that correctable? It, it happened twice, and it's correctable. You know, it, it was the left tackle on our uh, on that side of the line, you know, stepping down. It wasn't really too much of an all-out rush as it was just a, a fundamental and technique thing of stepping down and staying square, and not opening the gate, and letting that guy get up inside of there. So uh, from a protection standpoint, we worked on a bunch of that in individual time yesterday during practice. So that's something that's, uh, you know, is very correctable. There were a couple times, too, where they, the tight end showed block and then kind of leaked out into the pass pattern. What, what did you kind of see on those busts? Yeah, one, one time they overthrew the guy, and uh, we were in man coverage on that thing. And it goes back to, you know, we talked about heading into the week, and I think a little bit later, 
that for as well as they run the ball, uh, they're going to try to put you in conflict at the second and third level and create eye violations where you're playing your, your run gap, but you're also responsible for pass. And what happened on the one you're talking about is the tight end fanned out and blocked uh, the corner, which activates the guy who's in coverage on him into the run fit, and then they leaked him out late. Uh, so it was, it, was, it was a very good play design. So uh, you know that, you know, that eye discipline on the back end and making sure your eyes are staying on your keys, you know, that, that's what led to, to that tight end being open on that play. All right, so you hear a little bit of that Q&A. If anything else comes out of that that is significant, uh, I'll let you know. One of the things I did see just a second ago, some of the guys who were there in the press conference mentioned that uh, Joe Moorhead said that Tommy Stevens, Darian Parker, and Nick Gibson, three starters, well, two starters and one backup at running back who have been hurt. Parker and Gibson didn't play a down this past week. Those guys did practice yesterday, they said, and so maybe that's a good sign that you could possibly be getting them back and getting them available for what's what's coming up down the road. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! with the home team. Text me, 885-ESPN. Call 995-1059. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you. Lots and lots of comments. Couldn't possibly get to all of them, and but I see several people have got conversations going on of their own, and that's good. Appreciate you tuning in and uh, watching. Carrie says on Facebook, I see very little fire from Moorhead, no motivation. And I think that those two things are not um, – married to each other all the time you know some guys are fiery some are not motivation to me has nothing to do with emotion if you really dial it down and look at the definition of the words the way i look at it motivation and emotion don't really have anything to do with each other and they're not mutually exclusive some people who are very motivated are also very emotional some people who are very emotional are just big old fat idiots (laughs) they're not motivated they're just emotional (laughs) So you have to kind of, you know, pick and choose the way you look at those things. I, in a coach, I don't care if they're uh, aggressive and emotional or not. Um, The coach's job is to have people in a position, have them coached up with a mindset of, here's my job and I know how to do it as a player. 11 guys at a time, 22 offense, defense, 33 offense, defense, special teams, 11 guys, every time, in the right place, can they do it? If you yell and scream to get it done, fine. If they don't, fine. Lots made out of that. And it's funny, nobody even brings up motivation and intensity and emotion until you lose. Thanks, Oliver, for the heads up. Walton says, oh, you're talking about the the Arkansas lady? Okay, I appreciate that. Hey, um, and and this also, I don't. Let's see who's sending me this. Somebody knows us, or we may be friends on Facebook. I don't know because they're saying happy birthday to Annabeth, the homecoming queen. That's right. The voice you hear, you're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. It's her birthday you're today. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Yes, you are. Thank you, homecoming queen, and it is your birthday. Happy birthday. We had a a fun birthday morning. My daughter gave her mama some presents and. We're going out to eat and had cake and all this kind of stuff, or having cake later. So, yeah, happy birthday. They're having a big time. You know who else had a big time? A local boy this past weekend in the NFL. Gardner Minshew, the new starting quarterback because of injury, down there for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he threw a touchdown pass with less than a minute to go to give his team a chance to win, and then they decided to go for two. 
Minshew has time again. Lofts one up. Touchdown! DJ Shark! And the Jags are an extra point away from tying this one up. They run it. Up the middle for net extra effort. And did he get there? No! They stopped Leonard Fournette, Minshew, and the Jaguars running a two-point conversion to win the game. An extra point would have tied it and gone to overtime, right? On the road. But they want to win it on the road in the last, with 30 seconds left. I love the call. Try to win it with a two-point conversion. They go trips left, could have thrown the ball, but instead handed it back inside to Leonard Fournette. Minshew, after the game, Gardner Minshew from Brandon, did say that he liked the play call. Yeah, absolutely. We felt really good about the call. Um, you know, had the right look. Leonard was close on the field. I thought he got it, um, you know, but that, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, you know, I'd bet, you know, 10 times out of 10 for him right there to get in there. So there you go. Good for him, though. Gardner played well. High completion percentage in the game. He threw one touchdown pass, but it was an important one right at the end of the game. Gave his team a chance to win. And a lot of folks wanted to put it in the air on two points. I don't know. Hard to blame the. You know, so much of that stuff, when you're two yards away, it's not about what you run. It's just about how you run it. All right. We got time. Divinity Equipment phone line. Ron on the phone who's listening in North Carolina. Ron's from McGee, but he's in the Tar Heel State. What's up, Ron? I just want to comment on the game last Saturday. We got it over here. And I, I say, um, you know, the guys run out of, you know, they know out of steam around the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they was, I mean, it's so hot. I was at the uh, game. Several weeks ago, you know, you know, against Southern Miss, and it was about the hottest, you know, I've ever been in my life. And I, I don't see how the guys, any of them, it don't matter if it, you know, whoever it is out there playing football in this kind of weather, it's crazy. Um, but however, the play calling, I don't know if if Moorhead's doing it himself or if he's got somebody doing it, but it's awful. It's awful. Um, and uh, we still don't, you know, you know, we got one wide receiver that can catch ball. Um. You know, uh, you know, Thomas Stevens was evidently hurt. I mean, he's overthrows seven balls. I mean, my God, take him out, you know, and, and where's Keaton Thompson? I mean, I'm, I mean, honestly, ain't nobody said nothing. I mean, this was the guy that Ron rushed out over him last year. Um, uh, I mean, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I mean, uh, you know, they need to get some answers up there because, I mean, and the defense, I mean, they don't have the two return starters. I mean, that's a given. And the ones we got, some of them are out. They're idiots. And so, uh, you know, I mean, there's no way that we're going to beat Kentucky, uh, you know, playing like we did. Because Penn State was a good team. They're not a great team. And, uh, it's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, Moorhead is still under the watch. I mean, I don't think he's, a, you know, by no means a great coach as of right now. Uh, I think he's a notch above uh, Sylvester Kroom, and he's nowhere near you know, Dan Mullen. Hey, so Ron, I'm sorry to cut somebody. you off, but the music has started on us, buddy, so we're about to uh, head on into hour two. Thanks for your phone call. Call me anytime. Um, I think, you know, you can look at it. Moorhead, he's still a young head coach in terms of a head coach. He's a couple of games into his second year. Still has a lot to learn. They do a lot of good things at times. They just got to do more good things more often, right? We'll talk about that in hour number two. Break it down a little further. So stick around for that here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stay with us. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.